When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something like Talk Time on Podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. And golly, and range, and a goal! And they have done it! Oh, and Hello and welcome to the Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the midweek treat. I've got the title right for the first time in ages. Um, but on that, joining me is Andy Kay, who's come up with another suggestion. Um, hello, Andy. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. And also we've got Josh, who is my nephew. So nepotism, I don't care. It's my nephew. Hello, Josh. <laughs> Josh is struggling to hear me. He'll come in and say hello in a minute when he's ready. Sandy, let's let's start with your controversial idea. <laughs> it's not controversial; <laughs> it's just an idea. <laughs> Got to whip up something somewhere. <laughs> so, what, so I saw your suggestion, but go on. What was the suggestion? Suggestion is midweek social rather than midweek treat. The midweek social. Yeah. Um, well, that would imply that I'm social, but yeah, other than that, are, of <laughs> I, I actually had a work meeting today, and two of the guys who've come to matches. They were obviously talking about the pizza heart cup and everything. I'm just like um, saying to uh, maybe forget to Wembley, everyone wants to come. And I said, it's all right, don't worry, I'll talk to you at football. I hardly talk to anyone else. And the two fellows just started wetting themselves laughing. And you talk to loads of people. You keep saying you don't talk to anyone. <laughs> and you talk to everyone. I'm like, 
Okay, fair enough. Um, but I tend to show. So anyway, what we'll do is um, I'll get a little Twitter poll going and we'll put up there the midweek treat, which kind of rhymes, or the midweek social, um, and we can take everyone's votes. And while you're there, you can also leave your comments about the intro music because, as I said, I'm waiting for a little bit of feedback on the intro music for the fellow who did it for me. Um, I think it, it's, grow it's definitely growing on me. Um, Josh is struggling for sound. This is this is awesome for an audio podcast. Josh is struggling for sound. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, we'll just um, buffer for a little bit while he's, he's getting on here. Um, I've asked you various different questions on the few times you've been on, but mm -hmm. um, give us some of your highlight memories. What's, what's some of your 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 top moments or something? Fair list. List. This really struggle and put it as a top three. What this this season or whatever um, you like. Whatever you like. <clears throat> okay, if we're looking, if we're looking at, um, I think to be honest, I've probably got three or four of all times. Um, they are in chronological order, I would say. Uh, Coventry, um, Wickham away in the FA Trophy. <laughs> Was a frog there? <laughs> um, that's completely thrown me now. Um, <laughs> Wickham away in the FA Trophy in 93. Um, um, AFC Wimbledon replay uh, in 2017 and beating Hartlepool. They're, they're the four. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're the four big ones, but kind of like just ducking underneath these kind of bohemians are in there. Cardiff at the start of this season. So there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty in there. But I, again, I think I would actually struggle to pick three out of those four. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's a, oh, it's, it's a difficult one. I hate people when they ask that question, um, mm. actually, because it's like, it's what's in my mind at this moment in time. Yeah. And you've mentioned a few games there that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's other games I'll be like, no, no, no I love that one as well. So mm. it's, a really, it's a really difficult one. Um, Josh, you, you, you with us? Can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, we can't hear you. <laughs> Do you want to try it without headphones? Yeah, try the headphones and see what the feedback's like without that. Take the headphones off and see if it is as bad as I thought it was. Is that better? That's brilliant. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just whether I can hear myself on you as well. Uh, no, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, it's certainly better than what it, <laughs> that other noise. Um, apologies. Apologies. So, that's all right. So, Joshy, um, Josh, sorry. Shouldn't call you <laughs> the name I call you, Josh, <laughs> big man. Um, tell us a bit about you and Sutton's United. I know you, um, I know it, but there'll be people listening that don't, don't know it. Um, I've been coming since, well, quite young. You were taking me with Lottie. It was it's quite nice. And then about four or five years ago, I think I kept coming a little bit more. Um, seeing the team, National League, FA Cup run. Um, these match when we're doing Dartford, remember the Dartford game traveling away. <laughs> I only saw a handful of people, you know, we were real FA Cup, you know, run and the yeah, Arsenal game leads, all of that. So, around that time, and came back midweek to uh, yesterday to watch the game. And great game, I, I loved it. I love seeing the difference, um, uh, between the team I saw a few years ago and so now getting promoted to League Two. 
I think the performance of quality of the players, new players, some I remembered. And yeah, it was great. And also the new facilities um, and how the, the ground is looking is, looks really nice. Okay. People know me, you can be honest, Josh. The reason Josh kind of stopped coming is he stopped, he fell out of the period of um, teenager tickets. So it was costing me a lot more money. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> tight i'm not just mean uncle mike i'm tight uncle mike as well <laughs> um, and yeah josh got to work dragged along yesterday because I, I i was again lucky enough to get one of the free tickets um and it was a toasty warm evening wasn't it guys <laughs> i've still got the double socks on it's, it's, <laughs> it's freezing it was so cold so cold i, I think i saw um, a tweet from colchester police who said this was the coldest match they'd ever remember going to. And I was like, that, that's got to be exaggeration, surely. <laughs> that, can't, that can't be right. <laughs> it, it was a bitter one. Mm, yeah. um, but on the match itself, what, what, what were your thoughts, Andy? How do, how do you... I mean, by the way, I predicted the score right, so that's good. Gonna, I'm just going to drop that in there. I got it as 2-1. <laughs> so, um, it was, to be honest, it was better than the Stevenage match in the last round, for sure. Um <laughs> Bearing in mind the kind of the situation in terms of the thinness of the squad at the moment as well, I actually thought it was quite energetic. Um, certainly, I would say I would say even better than Saturday's game. Uh, Saturday, something were aside that looked like they hadn't played for two weeks. You could see that um, mm -hmm. today or last night. It looked it looked it was definitely a better quality of um, football going on. So yeah, just thinking, hundred and ten grand in the bank now. Apart, apart from that FA Cup run, I don't know when we've got that much money in a in a cup competition in twenty odd years or something like that. Yeah, no, it's yeah, um, and I've I've said this to a few different people that it, I think it's quite fine. I don't know if other fans do this, but Sutton fans knowing that this is how much money this is worth to us, and it's been really really important to us. That this is the money we're going to get from this. It's like, are we a bunch of weirdos, or does everyone do this? What, um, what I see with that is actually Sutton fans do it and talk about it. But other fans don't necessarily talk about it as much, but their local press does. So mm. if you go to like the Hartlepool Informer or whatever it is, they will talk about the prize money. But because we don't have that local press here, we have to talk about it. We talk, yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, got, got the job done. Um, there's another one of those in, 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 into the next round. Um, who, who impressed you? Who's your um, pod, the player of the day? Oh, Ben Wyatt. Without a doubt, okay. he was he was he had, he had a point to prove yesterday. I mean, obviously he was he played against a club that let him go mm -hmm. as well. He's the next culture player, um, uh, and also he's kind of saying, "Well, actually, you know, hello, hello, boss, I'm here. I'm also a left back as well as Rob Milson, but Rob's been playing great. So I think he really he did himself a lot of a lot of favours yesterday in putting him putting himself kind of on display, um, and he's a good little player and he was just running his socks off he did um how i did he tried to do a will, will random tribute act by uh running the entire length of the pitch and trying to score um didn't quite didn't quite make it but he was you know he was, he was pretty nippy well i said just a few minutes before he had that shot there was another occasion where he did almost the same run and he was coming into the box and i said to josh hit it hit it hit it hit yeah. it you've got nothing to do here <laughs> just hit it and he didn't mm. and i was like he should have just shot because no one's going to expect Ben White to maraud forward and, 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 yeah. and score. Um, and then he did it a few minutes later and he, he, he bloody did. Um, yeah. Josh, who impressed you? Uh, apologies, not knowing the name, but 29. No, 
in the middle of the park, twenty-one-year-old. I thought he was incredible. Um, The goal. It got went down as an own goal, I think, but still, it was, it <laughs> he's not great. happy about that. <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Like, oh my god! Was it was it his goal? Deserved yeah, that. It was no. a great strike to start the game, and then it contribution in the second goal, the step over, mm-hmm. the build, the link, the passing, the awareness, tackling as well. It was just a really good game from him. And twenty one, only a year older than me. <laughs> it's just it's so. And like, you're taking that from me. I don't actually know his age. I said, I think he's about 21. I don't know. Oh, Danny, well, do you know maybe. how old he is? I think he might be a couple of years older than that, actually. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's oh, not relying yeah. on, on your Uncle Mike for knowledge like that, Josh. That's, that's a very oh, that's, bad, bad road well. to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd know. I thought you'd know. But um, nah. no, anyway, it's still so impressive. So you're a young yeah. player. Um, and, I've, you know, I've, you told me about how Buteman, you, you know, was playing there yeah. and he came in. And same with that, he was struggling yeah. to get up the squads, um, yeah. which is well, really impressive. I'm... I did like uh, Ben White as well, the, the left back. Um, good pressing uh, on on the defence, winning the, the ball high up and getting those uh, into the forward areas. Just needs to work on the shooting and maybe the confidence <laughs> to do it as well. But yeah, it was overall really good Yeah, with those two players. Well, actually, on that, I jotted down two names, which you've both brilliantly picked. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually gave the, the, the nod for the pod. That's going to stick. I don't care. That's going to stick. Right. The nod right. for the pod is going to stick. Um, I gave it to Ben because um, there was a game earlier in the season where um, obviously people don't get on players' backs so much, but um, there were a f- there was a game, I can't remember who it was against. It might have been Swindon, I think, but um, where he, he didn't have the best game in the world and people were, there were grumbles. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, his team came back and had a bit of a point to prove, um, deserves to be in the side. I mean, they all deserve to be in the side. That's a terrible job that Matt has there. Um, so I'm going to give it with a, a, a tiny, tiny margin to, to Ben White as well, which um, I know he got um, the man of the match yesterday anyway. <laughs> but I'm going to give a tiny, um, tiny margin to Ben White because I don't think he's actually had one this season. Um, so well done, Ben. I'm sure you're listening with bated breath. <laughs> Um, we're going to very quickly move on to Saturday's match and joining us now we've got Tom who is a Oldham supporter for his sins. Hello Tom. Alright lads, how you doing? Alright Tom. Not bad. Yes, hello. Um, so Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and your um, your Oldham history, what you, why you support Oldham. Well, um, I'm 38 and they look young and I started getting into Oldham season roughly 1989-1990 which fell coincided with our cup run when we reached the league final and we also reached FA Cup semi-final. So my older brother was going to games and he caught my attention. He's going to these games to talk about Oldham, show me the games on TV. Then the following season, my dad took me to my first game, which was a Tuesday night. It was at home to, I think it was Leicester. The ground was patched. You couldn't move. We got moved to the side stand. I just caught the bug from that. Um, we got promoted that year. Unfortunately, I wasn't at the game. We won promotion. And the following season, when the last year of the old first division, um, that was my first season ticket. Then, obviously, we had three years in the top flight. Got relegated to what's now the championship. And we had three years there. We spent many years in League One. And now we're in our fourth season in um, League Two. And to fair, fourth or third. It's absolutely shocking at the moment. If you ask me. 10, 15 years ago, we've been in the same league as Sutton. No disrespect to you. I probably would have laughed, but 
fair play to you guys. You climbed up the league and I know you've got a big history. You've had a lot of cup upset over the years as well. You've, I remember many years you in the old Ryman Eastman league. You're always a team that was up there. I think you won promotion in the 90s, didn't you? As well. Yeah, we were, yeah. We were in the conference in the 90s. But same as yourself, if you'd told one of the Sutton fans in 15 years ago they'd be playing in the same league as Oldham, they also would have been laughing at you um, because it's it's never been on, on, on our radar to be a league club. It's I remember just... a few years ago when you had that big cup run when you beat Leeds and you lost to Arsenal, you yeah. had to pass the pitch. Mm. I remember your chairman mm. saying at the time that he didn't really think you could afford to go up. And talking to a few of your fans when we played you, they said themselves they did not really expect you to go up, but the fact you had the opportunity to go up, you would you'd have yeah. been stupid to say no to it. <laughs> no. No, Sutton so, so are um, they're, they're a proper club. They're, they're the board are a proper board and they're never going to do anything that's slightly outside the rules. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't know this, but um, we had a Surrey Senior Cup match the other night and we unfortunately played an ineligible player and it was us that brought it to the attention of the FA and reported ourselves for playing the ineligible player and we've been thrown, we've left the competition. I think we probably knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the board and everyone who runs the club, they're, they're, they're proper football people. They're, they're, they're absolutely spot on, which I know Oldham fans probably don't want to hear. Um, based on what you guys have. Um, but I know it's a difficult subject and it's got a lot of tensions, but in a short little thing, can you tell us kind of what's going on at the club? Right. So obviously, um, I told you about the glory years. Um, we had a chairman mm-hmm. called Ian Stott for years. Um, his downfall was when he talked about a proposed merger between Oldham, Rochdale and Berry and College, Manchester North End. Eventually he went um, around 2002, um, we had a guy called Chris Morecambe who bought the club. For the first time in a while, we had a chairman who was actually spending money, obviously. Andy Ritchie got sacked. Ian Dowie come in. Then basically got himself into all the, if you don't mind swearing, a load of shit and money problems. We took the fall for it. So we ended up in administration. Eventually, we had three, merit, three New York-based businessmen who were all from England originally buy us out. And at first, they put money into the club. We had a couple of runs with the playoffs. Um, lost to... Blackpool, lost to QPR one year, Blackpool. Then we had, then when the money dried up, they left it to a guy called Simon Carney. I didn't hate Simon. He kept the club afloat. We didn't get relegated under him. And around 2017, he sold the club to a guy called Abdella Lensman, a businessman from Morocco. I remember seeing him at a friendly against Girona, and I just thought he was someone from Spanish TV at first. Anyway, he <laughs> come in and he brought a lot of his own players in. Um, a lad called Quincy Minnick was on loan for my acts and by all accounts was on stupid money. We had a keeper called Johnny Placido, who's Haiti's number one. A funny fact about him was, after a week after playing his last game for Oldham, he was playing against Messi in an international friendly for a turn up for the box. Anyway, um, at first we welcomed this new owner, the idea of fresh investment. I remember going to a game against Everton in the Lancashire Senior Cup. They played their reserves and we had a lot of these players he brought over. And to be fair, they looked all right. And then, but Sheridan weren't there. A few weeks after, Sheridan got sacked after we played Rotherham and we lost. And his last chance soon was showing these plays on. Richie Welland got the nod. And at first, it was brilliant. We had some cracking results under him. We are playing some good football. We had goal scorer, Ian Doyle, banging him in. Obviously, Doyle got injured. He came back and he wasn't the same player, but cracks started to appear. And there's rumours of staff not being paid, management interference. Eventually, we got relegated and we shouldn't have done. We were in a strong position. We should have stayed up. 
was a game at Gillingham where we give away a stupid last minute goal, basically. Anyway, Wellens got sat and um, Frankie Bunn came back. For me, I thought, okay, new owner, fresh start. But again, Frankie Bunn was shown the door. He brought all his own players and just talk of being told who he could sign, who he could pick. Pete Wilde got a job, who was an older youth team coach. And we had a good run. We beat Fulham in the FA Cup, which is funny enough, um, four years ago tomorrow, three years ago tomorrow, get mixed up with my date. Then Paul Scholes come in. So at first we thought, great. Paul Scholes is an Oldham fan for years. He was linked with a job. He won his first game, but effectively it was a Pete Wilde game. But team, again, he didn't win another game. Um, he was unlucky at times. He had a few late goals, but he looked like a dead man walking. But again, cracks started to appear. Eventually, Scholes left. He claimed interference in the team from Abdullah's brother, Mo, who appointed himself as sporting director, saying that players were being brought in behind his back, contracts given out. For me, that was it when... You're telling a Champions League winner how to win his team. No, you don't do that. Anyway, eventually, um, Pete Wilde come back, took us to the end of the season. We came close to the playoffs. That summer, um, we brought in a Frenchman called Lauren Banade. First few games weren't that bad. We weren't good. He seemed to get it right. And then he got slapped and Dino Mazara, Masalo, who was at Burton, got the job. Then, obviously, we had hit and miss. He started to get things right. COVID happened. He got sacked and Harry Kewell come in. Kewell started off slow, but with Kewell giving me to do, we had some entertaining football. We were scoring goals for fun, but we had no defence. In the meantime, um, David Weeds had got banished to the youth team. Um, basically, he stood up, he refused. The problem with the furlough was they will not pay him all the money. He was old. Eventually, he got paid off last year. Kewell got sacked um, around about January, February, and Keith Curl come in. Um, we had a cracking player called Dylan Bambula, which has probably been the most successful players, the French lads, we call them, Abdullah and Mo have brought in. Um, basically, after Curl came in, his performances have dipped. Obviously, we stayed up last year. Again, this summer, Curl was left in charge. I thought, OK, first time since 2017, we've got a manager. But the football at times has been appalling. We've had transfer embargoes placed on us, money owed to other clubs. We've got an ongoing issue with our ground, we don't own it. We've got a north stand that's owned by our previous owners, and it's like he's been threatening to go to court by all accounts, not paid money in time. It's just an ongoing scenario. And what I'll do is later on, I'm going to show you a link. It's got a timeline of everything that's happened. If I was to tell you everything about it, I'd be here all night. But <laughs> right now, it's probably a depressing time to be an old fan, and it's bad because everyone talks about our cut runs, everyone talks about the good years we've had, and we are. We admit we're not a massive club. We've just had a bit of history. We're surrounded by big clubs in the area. We've seen what's happened to Berry and Macclesfield. We don't want that to happen to us either. Yeah, I mean, you probably saw Andy and myself as some of the things you were saying there about the, the boardroom interference and all that kind of stuff, just going, huh? Well, I, literally the only interference I think our, our chairman would do with the club is... When Matt says he needs a player or two, he'll be like, no, you don't. You've got enough. He's fine. <laughs> he doesn't want... He's, he's very careful with the books. Um, he doesn't spend money that we haven't got. Um, so for us, it's just it's, it's just bizarre. One thing I wanted to say um, to, to Oldham fans is, obviously, we knew about the protests and we knew about different things going on. And in the back of my mind, I don't know if Andy is the same, in the back of my mind, when we had our first home match against you guys, yeah, um, it was our first ever home match in the Football League. And I did kind of think, oh, 
I get the protest and I get why people are protesting, but I was like, I hope they don't do anything to spoil our big day. Right, well, think, you guys, you guys didn't. You guys were. Well, uh, think about Alderney. Our protests are at our owners, yeah, and people no. are like, oh yeah, we're going to do this to away fans. We'll be vocal, we'll be critical, but we're not going to put ourselves in a position where we're going to ruin your day. Yeah. Every no. other fan went to sort of what made me again. They've announced a Harrogate ticket plan today. Any other year would have filled out that away and it wouldn't have even made general sell one because we've got good away support two it's a new ground i've done a lot of ground hopping you see i've never actually been to Sutton yet but people even didn't want the golds games went to that one as well mm. and we've got a good core of oasis lads all them supporters in the south so basically we're looking forward to it as well obviously again not disrespectful to you it's a bit of a stark reality of what we expect if we end up in the national league next season but the protest have really stepped up this season. When we went to Orion, a lot of their fans showed solidarity with us. They made their feelings known in their end, which was really good because they, like Oldham, have been through the crap in the last few yeah. years. Obviously, a lot of it stemmed from push the boundary. I think if COVID hadn't happened, these protests would have started a lot sooner. We've got a group called Push the Boundary. <laughs> We've got a trust. And in recent yeah. years, the trust has become sort of non-existent. They've not challenged the board of directors. We've had new fresh bodies on it and they alongside push the boundary now are taking the fight to these owners they've got involved more with like the supporters groups they're basically saying to the fl look this is what's happening now and more people now i can't honestly say even people that were pro abdullah now apart from one or two what we call idiots not a special breed most <laughs> people now want these guys out and it's sad because i'm seeing mates now who would have never missed a game years ago not going even me there's a time I'd have been up in arms about missing a game. Now I'm like, well, don't want to. We lost to Wigan last night. It's not the fact we lost to a high division team. We weren't expected probably to win. It's the manner in which we lost. We've had two games, Barrow and Hartlepool, and we've rested key players, but then they're throwing them in last night. And then to just get absolutely slaughtered, it defies. But it's as if staying up's now become secondary to them. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny you mentioned Leighton Orient because I think that's actually, that's actually um, a really good example of, I mean, they went through very, very similar things to what you guys are going through at the moment. Um, and weirdly enough, them going down into the National League almost allowed them to clear the decks. They got a change in ownership. Everything, you know, basically, the, the unscrupulous owners they had before disappeared. They realised, oh, we're not a league club anymore. We're not interested. We got out. They got better owners in and two seasons later, they were back up. And now... To be honest, they're going to be one of those clubs that I would say have absolutely no fear at all of ever being close to being relegated to non-league again. It's almost like sometimes you have a, you've almost got to take a hit, take a step backwards to go two steps forward. And I mean, this is, I mean, it's, I was saying this to another supporter last night. This is a completely different scenario, but I'm sure you'll kind of get the idea. Um, we got relegated from the Conference South in 2008. I think we won five games all season. We were absolutely terrible. Um, but that relegation itself <coughs> was the triggering point for the whole series of events that's actually led us to be a league team again. So actually going down to a division that we should never have been in um, actually allowed Paul Doswell to come in, start building the club up again. Club took a completely different attitude on how they approached things. It wasn't the same old, same old. It gave a whole new perspective, and we just went on the up and the up and the up. So, well, um, go on. What you're saying is right because when we got relegated in League One, 
I won't mm. lie, I should have been up and around in relegation at that time. Had a few personal problems, so went into that game not really mad. Mm. But what I said was, we yeah. two football, okay, it's the owner's first new season in charge, fresh start, let's do it, let's start from scratch, let's go up. Unfortunately, it's completely backfired. What mm. you're saying is, yeah, a step back can be a good thing, and for Leighton Orient, it's done well. But then mm. we look at other clubs, Stockport went down, they had fan ownership, they went down yeah. again, York yeah. City. Look at Wrexham, yeah. where they are. It mm. took Grimsby how many years to get back up, and they've gone back down. In some circumstances, yes, it can work. Now, yeah. if we go down, we've got brand new owners, people with football and mentality, football and brain, by all means, that would be good. Would fans would accept that step back? I'd still much rather preserve our 126-year history in this division because you missed out on the funding you get from youth team level. Mm. See, you get exposure. Yeah, people say we may be on... BT Sport more. All right. I don't <laughs> want to be playing Friday night games at five o'clock or eight is over. Yeah. I know with the big fish in there. I'm also worried under these owners we'll go down even more because then that's not to stop them saying, hang on, let's make us part time then. Let's not stay full time. And with wages has been an issue. It was an issue in the past, but to fair to Simon Corney, he always found a way of paying them. Like you said about yeah. um, the owner balancing the books, Simon was sort of like that, but unfortunately, there was not enough ambition from him. He was happy to just preserve being around League to one, and that's why fans got frustrated and welcomed this guy. If we do go down, our fans will still support him. The question is, what's going on at the moment? Will we still have a club to support? People have talked about getting a Phoenix club anyway. For me, that's for the very, very last resort. I went to FC United the other week with some United lads. God bless. Mosh and Ralph with soap out from work. And fair, I had a good laugh. And yeah, Fair play to these guys. They've missed going to Barcelona and places. But I've just looked through. They played and the team they played was a mate team, Ashton. And I'm thinking, but you've got no away support. Um, it's a one-way atmosphere. I'd still rather go to these places like yourselves while you're in the football league. So I'd rather go as much as it's a total sport with Colchester. I want to play you like Bolton, your Portsmouth. And no disrespect, we'll go to places like Alchenham. We'll go to Bromley. But... They're not quite the same in the fact only two teams get promoted and can finish second and still not go up in the playoffs. It's not ideal for you. Obviously, promotion has to be earned. No team has a demand right to be where they are and all that lot. For me, I like seeing new teams come up all this. So we shouldn't be playing Sutton. We shouldn't be playing Fleetwood Forest Green. Regardless of how we are, they're there because of what they've done. We are here because we are get over it but it doesn't mean you have to be over the moon about it if you understand where I'm coming from no, absolutely mm. um, absolutely so jumping back to the game we 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 had our first win up to 88 minutes we were there 88 minutes on the clock we, we were almost celebrating our first win and then you guys come and scored two goals that was um, an absolute mad six <laughs> minutes that day you backed us <laughs> And, and do you know what I said that day is what let you down was you needed a striker someone that could put the ball in the back of the net and you weren't scoring and what's funny is I celebrate that game that well during lockdown I bought some football magazines off eBay my mate collected down south celebrated got up to Birmingham services and thought shit I've left them on the turnstile somewhere <laughs> and no one handed them in so someone's got a nice collection of the blizzard somewhere oh. but we come out that game thinking where did them six minutes of madness come from because we did nothing all game. It was like a lot of our fans walked out at half time. We were that bad. 
And I really don't like walking out of a game, especially a newer one. But And I just come out of the game thinking, wow, it's like that six minutes. And we needed that at the time because we needed that little boost. But And I felt for you guys because you really played well back then. I was talking to a few of your fans in the pub afterwards and said, if you get a striker in, you won't just stay up, you'll climb the table. And that's what you've we, gone and done. And you've had some we, good Yeah. I mean, we in, in essence, it was a, a, a bad result for us. But actually, I do think it has focused some mind to uh, be a bit more professional in certain aspects of holding the ball. It doesn't always happen, but just certain little games, not almost gamesmanship to, to, to be professional in our attitude because we were a non-league club for a long, long time. Um, so just the little things like the keeper holding onto the ball for a bit longer than absolutely necessary, that, that lovely little dive onto the ball when there's no one around and all these kind of things. I think um, we've learned a little bit from some of the games that we lost. Um, we which we two should, is, should have won. You're never going to get great quality football. You're going to get, like, Forest Green at the moment. It's been good the last couple of years. Cheltenham, Newport, a few seasons back. You will get a team that plays good football. But a lot of teams in this league... You just need a giant car or sort of front, they'll hoof the ball, they'll score one goal, <laughs> and they'll just sit back and defend. And then every now and again, you'll get a team that plays football. But I said this at Bradford, we played well, we got a late equaliser, and then we let a late goal in. And I said, we'll go to a team this year, we will be shockingly bad, but we'll get the win. And that's what we did with you. Obviously, I didn't go to Stevenage at home this year, and most people said that was our best win this year. Rochdale, we won, but we grafted, we weren't anything special. Port Vale was another one. We got lucky, but we got the win. Sometimes you need that bit of luck. But fans yeah. still when yeah. we want this good quality football, you want it, but most of the time it's not but what you want to see your players trying, putting the effort in, chase the game. We don't do that enough. We either score and then sit back or we leave it, you know, too late. We've got a lot of young players and some of the better played are not being played. He's picking and choosing when he wants to. So he's setting yeah. himself up for a draw. When you're at the bottom of the national league. You don't want that. You need to no. do what you can to get out yeah. of there. Absolutely. People accept. I look at Derby at the moment. Okay, they're a bigger club. They're in the shit. They've got no money. But they're still battling. They've not thrown the towel in yet. Yeah. Mm. Well, on, on talking about results, um, I'm going to just ask you guys for a prediction. So who, who wants to go first with a prediction? I'll go first. I'm going go to say, after that defeat of the night, I'm hoping they've had a kick up the arse. I'm hoping Salim's gone, but if he's not and he genuinely wants to make a name for his manager and we're struggling to score for goals, I'm going to go for a sneaky 2-1 Oldham. Lovely. And you guys take the lead again. <laughs> Joshy, do you want to give a go? Yeah. Josh? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're saying that Oldham aren't really scoring at the moment. I think 2-0 Sutton. Our home form is dreadful, and I've not. I've said for days I'm going to do this. I want to look since 2000 how many home games we've actually won, and I reckon a percentage is going to be shocking. But the thing is, more prediction is what's the crowd going to be because the crowd figures have been saying, "I used to work turnstiles, and you could not get away with having one single ticket or number wrong." But nowadays, some of the crowds they're declaring have been silly. Now, it's just a case of how many fans are going to be protesting outside. That's the thing. I think it's at the stage now where a lot of fans have just had enough. Obviously, you read that. They tried banning a few of our fans the yeah, other week. They were hardcore. They don't like the way they're being criticised now, but 
I'm used to be called Mr. Positive, Mr. Optimistic. You can't get all excited now. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised if I see more pitch invasions. I've not heard anything, but I just don't, don't be surprised. Okay. Andy, I know you love giving predictions. <laughs> Oh, I hate them. Oh, he's, he's uh, well, you could we just... obviously, I mean, yeah, we know that. Well, I mean, uh, our, our worst home record in the league is, is out of any club this season, obviously. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean a thing. You, we've got a certain team that is thin on the ground because um, who are who will be you know, quite tired, doing a long away trip in weather conditions that can look appalling. Um, Welcome um, to paradise. Against the bottom of the league. I think, I, exa- well, exactly. I mean, um, I, I actually, I am going to predict an Oldham win because I just think oh. it's going to be those, all of those bizarre combinations. The wind's going to pick up, rain's going to come in. We're going to have players playing out of position, um, and we're going to be, we're going to be knackered in the last couple of, uh, couple of outings. So I'm going to predict um, an Oldham win and if it's not an Oldham win and it's a Sutton win then I'm going to be happy whichever way around it goes <laughs> the thing with our squad is at the moment we've got a shoestring squad we've got injuries we've had this embargo so we've not been able to bring anyone in really we've played mm. a lot of kids hands we've played a full fix- festive fixtures we've had no Covid cases so everyone else has may have had a week yeah. off or a day off we haven't we've kept on playing and that's going to be the other key factor unless we bring anyone in Beforehand, there's rumours. I, I think players are training with the, the only club in the division that has. I think. I don't think any other. I think every other club has had COVID cases apart from you guys. We had we had an issue early in the season, and the games didn't called off. Now at the moment, the way we're playing, mm. if you're a club, even with COVID cases, you're probably thinking, "Do you know what? While all them are on a downer, let's play them. Let's just get them before they can bring bodies." And that's how. If I was another manager. I'd be looking at it that way. There's always a right and a wrong time to play a team, I say. And you look at teams at the moment, like Carlisle seems to be picking up and Scunthorpe, so you don't really want to be playing them now, where a few weeks ago, you just snapped your hand off to play them. Well, but then how, how many teams have scored five in Forest Green? Not many. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what the irony of that is, that was the game when we were encouraging... Like we had the pack the park against Port Vale where we were told to empty the park. So I went watching Ultram that day with some Carlisle friends and actually had an in-play bet on us to draw. So I think it got nice. I think about 25 quid I got back eventually um, from that game. <laughs> but like, I did think about having in-play bet. It's just where I win most of my money, whether it be the top teams or the lower teams. But the thing with Forest Green, I take that. I look that as a line on. We show them we can come up against teams at the top. We're sure we can get back into games. We're sure we can fight. The thing with Oldham is we're the most consistent at being inconsistent. That's how Oldham have always been. Like, we'll go and beat a team at the top normally, and then we'll lose the bottom team. This year, we're just showing no consistency whatsoever. It's like we're scrapping the results together, if you understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely. Well, my, my wonderful machine learning, perfect computer programming system, which is called Football Manager, um, has gone on holiday mode and it said it's a 2-2 draw. So yeah. um, I'm going to go with that because that's that's worked out all right for me so far this season. Um, I'm gonna do, do you want the, uh, the football web pages prediction? Go on, then. No, no, not that. Uh, 
Well, actually, the football webpage's prediction is Oldham 2, Sutton 2. Well, hey, look at that. <laughs> I genuinely got it from Football Manager. I didn't even know about this. <laughs> One thing I've watched in the past about football, whether it be Oldham, I have said after teams have a very bad result and taking ours last night, they do often follow it up with a good result. I've seen it happen so many times, just like if you look at the FA Cup this weekend, there'll be an upset. But then you look at the next game after the league when the Reds are on a high, yeah. they'll probably lose it. But then I've seen yeah. teams get wrapped and then turn it around the next game and go and get something. Yeah. So yeah. the world of football can be like that at times. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the human psyche as well. You just want to go and prove a point. Doing, and I've said this for a long time. I know Sutton are running away with it, but anyone on their day can beat anyone in this division. That's the thing. None of the players are hardly millionaires. A lot of them are just players who are playing football who've ended up whether they've dropped down a league or come up from the non-league. And mm-hmm. apart, honestly, apart from Forest Green this year, you guys are all right, but I've not seen anyone that's caught, really caught my attention and made me think, wow, they're a good football team. Port Vale, maybe so, yeah, but nothing that was like really fantastic. Lovely. Okay, gents, I think we've gone on for long enough. Um, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up there. Have anyone got any final thoughts, Josh? Um, I just hope it's a good game. Okay. I know. And I hope the the troubles at Oldham improve. I mean, the fans definitely deserve to have something positive, except for COVID cases. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it's right. all right. I mean, I would say I'm a United fan, Man United fan. So Ooh, that don't go I've, down well in our <laughs> I've seen my club recently have the well. I'll say protests. I know they weren't happy with the board and everything like that, but I think it's it's it's, it's much different to what Oldham's situation is, and it's 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 not even a different league to it. It's it's, it's you know it's your guys' about survival, and you, you know you said about York. You know they went down to the national league and they've kept going. That I remember we played them, and like, we were there and we thinking, oh my god, York, big club yeah. at the time. You know, they've just come down, come back up, and then went back down. It's like my mate's Newcastle fan who's gone about Mike Ashley, and I went, Yeah, I know it's frustrating for you, but we'd gladly take your spot to predicament to where we are now. Absolutely. It's like, I think I say, good luck to you guys, apart from on Saturday. I don't mind seeing teams come up and new teams (laughs) do well. Whether you go up this year, personally, I'm not sure, but who knows? It's one of these, the league's so wide. Open after the top team, anyone can be anyone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Andy, any thoughts from you? You're not obliged, don't worry. Yeah, again, <laughs> yeah, I really hope the troubles at Oldham kind of just if things get better. You're, a, you're, a, yeah, a good, decent side. I still remember Frankie Bunn scoring his six goals in the League Cup. Um, and things like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of us that have got yeah, very positive memories. And it's actually, I know at least one or two uh, some supporters who second team weirdly enough um i'm not quite sure the story behind that one but yeah i mean to be honest you guys stay up stevenish can go down in your place that's fine you know i think it's what joe royal did with alden the way they caught everyone's attention that year he built a team joe royal the story is he arrived at alden on the back of a lorry when his car had broken down there's a good book about <laughs> it called this is how it feels it feels by mike keegan read it from the score and he just built his team up he knew the reserve system at Leeds, Man United, Man City, and Everton better than he did. And the stories about how he got players for bargains eventually 
City turned around and say, no, we'll have this much for this player because he knew mm. what he was like and he turned these players into an attacking team. His attitude, you score one, we'll score another one. People said we had the plastic pitch, but then once we're in the top flight, that plastic pitch went. And a lot of those cup games, especially the ones away from home, were on grass where they can't, we can win on grass too. And I think that's why people like Joe Royal, they talk about your Frankie Buns, your Andy Riches, your Roger Palmer's. Mm. These players going to holler. We had some great days and it's just, that's just why it's for not so much the younger element, for the older fans like me who saw these games, how it's just seen how bad it's got. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> echo the other guys and um, hopefully things will, will turn a corner for you. Yeah. Um, I will be tagging you in um, when the podcast goes live. So if you could just pop, pop that link you were talking about in, into the comments, people will be obviously be able to read all that as well. I mean, um, yeah. Everyone, if you want to join in the chat, it's at Sutton Podcast. There will be a uh, poll with that great big debate, whether it should be the midweek treat or the midweek social. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you guys for your time. And we'll see you all again soon. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Good luck yeah. again, apart from Saturday. See you later. Cheers. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.